You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. On today's show, we're going to talk about how one of our Real Wealth Network employees is living the dream of real wealth on a budget. I'm Kathy Vetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. So 10 years ago, we put out an ad on Craigslist for a receptionist. That was 2009, smack dab in the middle of the global financial crisis. So not that many real estate companies were hiring at the time, but Real Wealth Network was because we had investors worldwide flooding to our office and filling up our inboxes in search of foreclosures. And since we have a network of investors nationwide who help people find great rentals, we were busy. Well, at the time, the unemployment rate was massive. So we had thousands of applicants for this $15 an hour receptionist position. I was so overwhelmed, I just asked people to show up at our next event so that we could meet in person. Believe it or not, out of the hundreds of people who wanted that job, only three people showed up to the next event. That's when we met Maggie Pike, and she's been with us ever since in many different roles, starting from receptionist to then our event planner. She later became my assistant and then the director of our Real Wealth Academy, and now she's the director of our syndications. And as of Saturday, she is now Mrs. McKinney. Maggie and her new husband, Mark, are building a real estate portfolio while living their dream of traveling the world. They live in a different country every single month, sometimes every single week, but Maggie still manages to get her job done. It's a different world we live in, and there's so much more opportunity than many of us ever had just 10 years ago. So I invited Mark and Maggie to be here on The Real Well Show because they're such an inspiration to me, and I think they will be for you too. So Maggie and Mark, welcome to The Real Well Show. Hey, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. You guys tied the knot this weekend in a pretty epic wedding, so congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. I think it was a pretty good party. It was a very good party, and there was one guy on the dance floor that, you know, he kept battling for dance-off, and and nobody could even come close, so you know it's a good (laughs) wedding. (laughs) That was definitely Jimmy. (laughs) That was great. Now, where does somebody like you guys, where would you two go on a honeymoon when you've kind of been everywhere already? Somewhere where there isn't cell signal or internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a question that we've gotten a lot recently of like, where do you guys go? Your honeymoon or your life is like a honeymoon. Like, where are you going to go? And so I don't know, we'd like to, I'd like to do something where I can just completely check out, you know, as as you know, I'm working while we travel. So it'd be nice to just kind of pick something super remote. We really like scooters. So we're talking about going back to Southeast Asia, maybe in the spring and doing another little motorbike scooter trip. Uh. We'll see. And, and actually not be working. Yeah. yeah I think it'd be nice. <laughs> no, it would be good. I could balance it, but it'd be, it'd be fun. <laughs> so you guys are truly an, an inspiration to me and I think everyone at Real Wealth Network and now definitely Real Wealth Show listeners as they hear your story. So for those of you who don't know, I mean, Maggie really created a lot of what we offer today. She's great at setting up systems. That was one of the things she discovered and we discovered is that, wow, she's really good at jumping into chaos and and organizing it. And oftentimes when you have a company that's growing quickly, there's lots of chaos. So in the beginning, I think, you know, you organized the the events and and now we've got great events, webinars, the PowerPoints for those. 
you've helped with the academy that was a big deal that came out and just gave really substantial education for just $10 a month that you were very committed to. And now we grew so quickly with syndications. You've really dialed that into hopefully a a friendly experience for investors new to PPMs and, and that whole process. Yeah, definitely taking that same kind of approach to, okay, let me put myself in that position. What would I want to know? What would kind of help me navigate this? You know what I mean? Kind of coming from a a newbie perspective. So yeah, always room for improvement. I think we're getting better uh, every day, but I feel really good about the subscription process of just kind of walking people through what it takes to get involved in some of these projects. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So about six years ago, you met someone who has really changed your life. His name is Mark McKinney. (laughs) And he is um, now your husband. But you met, tell us about your first date, because it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so our first date, anyway, um, we met on OkCupid, which is, as most people know, a free online dating site. So we got to chatting almost six months to the date today, August 29th. Uh, We plan to go on our first date, which was just meeting up at a local tap room um, nearby where we lived in North Oakland, California. We hit it off and we planned on a second date a few weeks later. There's something that they do in Oakland once a month called the East Bay Bike Party. Uh, It's something I really enjoy doing. Kind of uh, groups, uh, 100, 200 people get together on their bikes. They're all decorated. Everybody's pretty lubed up, and we travel around uh, the streets of uh, the East Bay, California, and it's kind of a big party. So I invited Maggie along, and you know that kind of started things off. We had a lot of the same interests, and you know the rest is kind of history. Yeah, it definitely impressed me. It wasn't like your like typical like oh just go get a dinner and a movie kind of date. I was like oh that's fun. You like to do interesting things. That's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Well, I remember at the time, you know, Maggie, you were, you're a very complete person. You're not one of those (laughs) girls that, you know, has to have a guy, has to have a boyfriend, you know, so, you know, when you were ready to find that special person and started looking, man, you know, it's kind of tough to find someone who's going to keep your interest, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's true. It's true. Definitely, definitely went on more than my fair share of uh, dates on OkCupid. <laughs> yeah, because you know you weren't going to settle. And and then I remember you came back. You're like, wow, I just went on a really cool date, riding bikes around Oakland, bar hopping. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I love this guy already. Ah, <laughs> uh, so then you guys kind of settled down and do what people do, and end up renting a house in the suburbs. And and Mark, how was that for you? It didn't last long. Uh, no, it didn't last long. Um, it was something, you know, we wanted to try out. I was working out towards that way. So, and I guess Maggie was too at the time. So it made sense for our commute and everything. It was fun. We enjoyed it, you know, doing yard work and doing all those, you know, kind of homey things. But then we got to talking and we kind of formulated this idea that, hey, maybe we could uh, someday go travel the world together. And that kind of got the ball rolling to, um, where we are today to make it all happen. Yeah. So whose idea was it to just sell everything and take off and see the world? I remember actually like the specific moment. We had just finished our uh, our trip to Morocco and we were sitting in a, uh, in a bar actually in Sevilla in Spain uh, on our way back. And so we had just taken a vacation together. Um, and I just remember like sitting there and, and talking with Mark about just kind of like my position and just kind of like work and life. And I was just kind of like, 
I don't know, just, just, we both kind of had this idea at the same time of, of, Hey, my work, I don't know. I couldn't speak for his work at the time, but I've just like, everything that I do is online. As you know, Kathy, our entire office is kind of all over the place. Like we're not really centralized. We used to be mainly in Walnut Creek, but now, you know, Tim's in Ohio, Nick's in Utah, Ben's over in Florida. Like people are all over the place, Northern California, Southern California. Um, and we're all pretty, pretty used to just collaborating online, except for our, our you know, once a quarter kind of in-person meetings. And so I just kind of remember thinking to myself being like, well, we all collaborate online anyways. Like, why couldn't I do this internationally, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's just kind of like a little spark of an idea of, I don't know, I feel like maybe they would go for letting me try. I don't know. It's just kind of this moment of just kind of maybe that's a possibility. And that just kind of snowballed into just seeing that, yeah, a lot of people work remotely. Um, obviously, our company is already kind of set up for it. Uh, I just kind of broadened the borders of, of where people were. Yeah. And I, I remember you coming to me saying, um, you know, Mark and I want to travel. And, you know, I, I think you wanted to hit every country, every <laughs> country, well, no, not every country, every continent. I was trying to hit one country on every continent besides Antarctica before I was 30. <laughs> was what I was trying to do. And you and I think you did, but then that was like, okay, I need more. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of wet the appetite, I think. Yeah, so already that was a great goal. You're somebody who achieves goals, you get really clear <laughs> about what you want and you make it happen. So when you came to us, you had already proven that you can get work done wherever you are, you know, you'd go yep. on trips sometimes with Mark and you, you know, you wouldn't miss a beat. So mm -hmm. I, Rich and I talked about it. And it was like, yeah, she's totally earned the right to be wherever she wants to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like once you guys moved down from, from Northern California to Southern California, I mean, that was pretty early on in, in my employment, probably a, a year, maybe a year and a half into it. Um, and I feel like that just kind of taught me to work independently right there. It was just like, okay, my boss is no longer here in the office with me. Uh, let's still get some stuff done. So I just kind of have always felt like very independent in, in my working with Real Wealth Network of just kind of like, okay, what are the priorities? What, what do you guys want to get done? What can I do to get things done rather than kind of waiting for uh, direction or, or, you know, hey, go do X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, here's what we want to accomplish. Kind of help us co-create and brainstorm how to get there. So I think that kind of just uh, working dynamic that I feel like I have with you and Rich and everyone else on the team just kind of set the stage for even being able to do something like this, of just kind of being like, okay, that was kind of our, our mode of operation anyways, is just kind of, okay, here's the objective. How do we get there? Not so much, um, hey, go do this. <laughs> yeah, get it done. However, it, it uh, yep. you know, however many hours it takes you, it's, if it's, mm -hmm. you get it done quickly, that's, that's fine. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then... How is it been? I know you guys sold a lot of stuff. You put maybe just a little bit of stuff in storage. You sold your cars. How has it worked out financially for you? Is it more expensive to travel the world or more expensive to live in Concord? <laughs> uh, so far, we found for the most part, outside of, you know, a few countries, that it is considerably cheaper to travel. Of course, Maggie's situation is a little bit different. She's working pretty much full-time while we've been traveling. But for myself, um, I had about two years since we kind of came up with the idea until we began traveling to, like you said, sell all of our stuff. We downsized. We moved back to Oakland, got some roommates, kind of, you know, lived frugally for a couple of years so that I had enough money that I could uh, 
take a bit of a sabbatical from my job and travel around the world. I had saved or budgeted anyway for two years of travel, um, and we are going on three years this November. So obviously, um, it's worked out even better than planned. We found out ways to save, ways to do things more cheaply. And yeah, it's just been working out really well, budget-wise. Yeah, it's definitely been a the, probably the best financial decision I made so far. I mean, just not paying rent in the Bay Area is just a massive, massive, just helpful financially. Yeah, I mean, you, it's still still working full time, basically at a California income, but then we're living someplace like Vietnam or Mexico City. Um, we're just saving a lot of money that way. Yeah, paid off all my student loan debt, any credit card debt I had, saved up money to even be able to buy a rental property out in Ohio. It's just kind of an an amazing financial decision because most people are just kind of like, how can you afford to travel? And I'm like, I can't afford to move back to the Bay Area. You're asking the wrong question. (laughs) Yeah, right. I was just going to say with technology too, it's made it a lot easier. I don't think maybe even 10 years ago, we would be able to do what we're doing now. One, just from the perspective of, you know, Maggie being able to work remotely you know, cell service, Wi-Fi, computers, but also things like the sharing economy, like Airbnbs open up a lot of opportunity using Ubers instead of taxis. I'm really into playing, you know, the credit card churning game where we're able to rack up a bunch of airline miles. I think in the two and a half years, our most expensive plane ticket that we've had to purchase is around $300. You know, the rest has all been getting around using our points and miles. So things like that have you know, really made it a lot easier. Oh my gosh, tell me more. What other tips do you have that save money for travel? Besides, you know, the credit card point things, obviously being able to plan things out in advance, especially in places that are more expensive, like Western Europe, obviously they have a great transportation network. Buying a train ticket, however, last minute can cost almost three times as much as, you know, if you know what you're going to do three months in advance. So that really helps. Same thing with Airbnbs. If you want to get something for a good rate, be able to do it in advance. Anything over a week stay, you get a discount. And anything over a month stay, you get an even bigger discount, up to 40% sometimes. Wow. We always travel with our backpacks, carry-ons, so we're not paying no additional airline fees. Just kind of things like that that uh, have been working out really well for us. Yeah, and just shout out to Mark because I, like I said, I'm I'm basically working full time, so he plans everything. Like I literally just tell him anywhere with Wi-Fi and a bed, and I'll just follow you. Like I'm good. <laughs> so he's he's definitely a one the one to ask uh, all these travel questions too. So how is that for you, Maggie? If you have to work when he's, you know, when you're in some exotic new place. Uh, I mean, actually, it works out really well. Um, I, I kind of enjoy just going to coffee shops and kind of figuring out what my routine if I lived in a different country would be. Like I said, we're not going someplace for just like, you know, a couple of days. We'll, we'll be there for a while. So I still have the evenings and the weekends or if I need to take some time off to kind of experience a place. But I, I don't know. I, I just actually like it. I'll just kind of find my local coffee shop in a new town or something like that. And then I'll start making friends with the wait staff. And it just kind of becomes what would my normal here be? Um, so it, I don't know. It's just a kind of a different way to travel that I really enjoy. And, and Mark just kind of like walks around and gets to kind of see his stuff. It's cool. Yeah. One thing we found that works out really well, of course, because, you know, I have a lot more time to, you know, explore the places we're in is, you know, during the week, I like to walk around. Um, photography is a big hobby of mine. So taking pictures, kind of finding all the 
neat things in the area. And then when it's the weekend, I'm able to, you know, take Maggie straight to those places and she's able to see all the highlights of the areas that we're in. So it's a nice medium. Um, We don't travel too fast for that reason. We're never in a place for less than a week so that we always have time to have Maggie and myself see what we want to see in that area. Yeah. And Mark does a lot of research too about just kind of like cool places and restaurants and kind of off the beaten path stuff. So I feel like I just have a personalized travel concierge who's just like, okay, follow me. Here's the cool stuff. It's amazing. So many people get old in their 20s. It's a very interesting thing. It's like they go to college, they get a job, and they're just acting like old people, you know, and it's like you started to do that. And I definitely started to do that. Right? I mean, there were days that you were in the office till midnight. You're so committed. You'd have your little bowl of candy and you would just stay in the office and it wasn't a healthy lifestyle and you were not happy. Um, but, you know, just even looking at your pictures, even the one on our website versus how you look at your wedding, oh, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh. you look 10 years older or 10, oh my gosh. just a couple years ago. I mean, Yeah. I mean, and I just like definitely living a more healthy lifestyle. Like we don't have cars, we use public transportation or walk around wherever we are. I mean, I definitely just for health wise, traveling is better for me than being in one place. Uh, I tend to tend to be kind of sedentary when I am either back in the States or back at home or back in California. Whereas when we're we're abroad, I just definitely walk more, hike more, (laughs) lose a lot of weight when I'm outside of California. That's amazing. You- yeah, just just different uh, habits. You know what I mean. I I don't think I I necessarily change my diet or anything like that necessarily. I just walk a lot more. California has a has a big car culture. You kind of have to drive everywhere to kind of get anywhere in a lot of places, mm-hmm. especially kind of where I'm from in kind of rural California. There's not really a just walk into town or walk to a coffee shop. It's like that's a you know 15 miles into a small town kind of thing. So it's just a different kind of lifestyle. This one abroad, I, I prefer. I'm just more active, more more healthy. Feels good. Which cities? You know, it's interesting. You said that ten years ago it might not have been possible, and I, I hadn't really thought about that till now. Because back when I was out of college, everyone just went to Europe. That's just where you went. Mm-hmm. But there was no cell phones. There was you had to you know still go to a street phone and or send yep. a letter that would take three weeks to get anywhere. And yeah. so people went where they were more familiar. And now, yeah, it seems like the whole world has opened up. I mean, how do you view the world differently now than you did before you took this journey? Yeah, I mean, how do I view the world differently? I wouldn't say I view it differently, but it's been very confirming that anywhere that we've been, most people are kind of motivated by the same things. You know what I mean? Just just most people are friendly. Most people are willing to help. It's interesting that you would say that because that's my biggest fear is how do you go to a country where you don't speak the language and how do you, you know, I, I've always worried about you guys. Like you go into these areas you don't know anything about, you don't know where the crime is, but you know, you just keep doing it and you, you keep being safe. So like, <laughs> that's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, luckily the world actually is a very safe place. We found you might hear things in the media or read about in the news that, comes off as maybe alarmist or a bit paranoid. But when you go to other places, you see, you know, that people are the same. You learn really that families are even maybe much closer overseas because that's kind of a lot that developing countries have is each other. So there's more community in that sense. And so that makes it much safer. 
Obviously, coming from an English-speaking country, we're fortunate because that is, you know, the dominant language around the world. Pretty much any country will have some education for their youths to learn English. Um, and also, again, getting back technology. Google Translate is a great thing. You can have entire conversations just through your phone now, whether it's in China or someplace like Germany. So, Yeah, Google. I mean, language barrier has definitely not been a problem at all. Um, even we probably don't use Google Translate as much as, as you would think even. I mean, context and just hand gestures get you there. We always try to learn a couple phrases for different countries that we go to. But yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing like in the U.S., right? Like Oakland has a stigma, right? But it's like there's good pockets and there's bad pockets. And I think as long as you're kind of aware of your surroundings and you're just kind of, I wouldn't even say we're vigilant or anything like that. It's just kind of be aware of your surroundings. Don't kind of leave an opportunity for something bad to happen. We've been very, very fortunate, but I, I think most places aren't as scary as, as a lot of just kind of media portrayals uh, like to sensationalize. Um, but we've also also been lucky and just kind of trust our, our gut. You know what I mean? Just just kind of seeing where we are. If something feels kind of shady, we go somewhere else. If something doesn't feel shady. But for the most part, most places, yeah, that it, there hasn't been anything that you should fear. Like the only time I've had anything stolen from me was actually like back in California. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what about yeah, food and water? People everywhere. There's bad people everywhere. Like, That's true. It is. That's true. What about food and water? I mean, do you eat everything and drink anything or are you careful that way? I feel like we've kind of built up an immunity to a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would drink tap water wherever I go. What? I'll start drinking, you know, <laughs> take a few sips if my stomach feels fine in a few hours and, you know, nothing weird is happening. Um, it really hasn't been an issue for us. He's my guinea pig. I let him drink <laughs> first and then see how he, how he is. But That's yeah, amazing. Food, we eat everything. We eat Everyone, you know, says not to eat vegetables that have been washed in the local water. But, you know, I think, you know, people aren't going to. I mean, some people have weaker stomachs. Some people have stronger stomachs. It's not to say that we haven't. Everyone gets a stomach bug every once in a while. I think Mark's last one was when we we're back in California. So it's kind of like wow. you can kind of get, I don't know, it just hasn't been an issue at all. One, one good rule is if you're out eating somewhere, like say a street market or something, go to the stand that's popular and mm -hmm. with lots of people in line. And you know, that's going to be a good, safe, healthy one versus one that has no line. You know, the food might be sitting out a little bit longer or something's mm -hmm. happened in the past that people are shying away from it. Mm -hmm. Or you just know that that's the most delicious one. <laughs> if there's a long line, just go to that <laughs> one. It's turning over quickly. It's fresh. It's popular. Give it a try. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So you are in your early 30s. And, you know, some of our listeners might be thinking, well, yeah, they don't have kids yet. And eventually, they're going to have to settle down and, and be responsible and start thinking about savings and retirement. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think you're going to ever live a normal life? Or do you think you'll just redefine living from here on out? <laughs> I think that I'm living a totally normal life. I have a nine to five job. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's really hard for me to think about settling in the sense of just kind of staying in one place forever. I mean, you, you hit a little bit on like, hey, you need a plan for retirement and savings. And, and I am doing that. You know what I mean? This, this is actually a better lifestyle to help facilitate that than, than the one that I was living prior, just, just by how much money I'm saving by basically just changing where I live. Um, so I think I'm very conscious of savings and retirement and thinking long term. Uh, in that way, it's definitely not just kind of like, hey, like I may look like a backpacker, dirty hippie, but I'm still, <laughs> you know, working in real estate and definitely in this kind of sphere of planning and, and trying to build wealth. 
yeah, as far as just kind of like settling down, I, I like the idea of having several places that we settle down kind of more like we'll be somewhere for a few months uh, rather than a couple of weeks. But the idea of just being somewhere and that's our one place uh, just really makes me anxious and isn't appealing at this stage in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Um, no, I agree. Um, you know, our, our quest is kind of to find our favorite places around the world and carve out a little home in each of those places. So like Maggie said, two, three places that we can kind of rotate around through, maybe even purchase property, purchase an apartment or something and have some of our belongings there and then, you know, move between those and just kind of use those as our base to travel from. And I imagine you've looked at prices. I mean, what are, what are we talking about? It seems like there's some areas where it's really cheap. Yeah, lots of places are very cheap. I haven't looked at as many places as you would think, just mainly because I don't, I haven't dug into like the nuance of like owning property outside of the US. There's a couple of places that I looked at, like uh, Bogota, Colombia was one place I was looking at apartments in Medellin. Of just really what the nuance of owning property in different countries is going to be. Obviously, you can't get the same kind of loan. So you'd have to kind of come in either with cash or I'd have to find a lender and see how that kind of works for non-US citizens. There's a whole different level of nuance that I just kind of didn't really dig into because I I feel like I'm focused on US rental property right now, as as I'm sure you could imagine, given what we do. So I'm kind of like, I'll max out loans uh, in the States first and kind of get rental property that way. And then I'll look abroad once I, because I I think anything abroad is going to take substantially more cash to kind of do rather than, than loans. So it hasn't really been too much of my focus yet. Yeah, right. Max out those loans. So you have a duplex in Cleveland. And has that been cash flowing for you? It has been. Yeah, yeah. It's been pretty good. (laughs) What would be your next purchase or investment? Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, I am not sure. That is a good question. I, like you said, I just uh, had a big wedding, so I need to save up some money again. So I've got to been like, just get through the wedding, save up some money again, and then see what's good. Uh, We'd like to good at that time. I'm, a, I'm from the Midwest, so I'm always kind of pushing her to get more properties there. Of course, we've talked about Middletown, Hamilton area. We'd love a place in or just outside of Chicago, I think is a really cool area. Kind of more for him personally, because Chicago is his favorite city. But yeah, probably looking around the Midwest. We've got a lot of family and ties there. And also, I'm in a position where I like the places that we actually do rental properties. Uh, So I'm kind of like, oh, I could see us living in Detroit. I could see I mean, uh, literally our duplex in Cleveland is in a a neighborhood that I would live in. And so that's kind of always been my like, hey, maybe if this travel thing doesn't work out, I've got a backup. I've got a house that's just kind of slowly paying itself off in the background. So I think for me, I need to just kind of save up money again and then kind of see what the best market is at the time. Awesome. Well, like I said, you guys are a major inspiration to me, to everyone in our company for sure. And now I think a whole lot more people listening. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your marriage. It's going to be a great life. Aw, thank you. you. (laughs) And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. I hope this opens up some ideas for you on how you can live your best life and save money while doing it. You can get great tips on how to build your cash flowing real estate portfolio at realwealthshow.com.